Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Paul are with you alongside Dan Menzel. And we have the great man on the line right now, Malcolm Blight, and he's brought to us by Toolkit Depot, your trade pro partner. Toolkit Depot is your one-stop shop to get back on the tools. Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Malcolm, welcome to the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Your holidays are almost over, my friend. Uh, Paul and Dan, hi guys. Yeah, I've been listening on and off. Obviously, we've been a, had a couple of trips away, but it's been interesting. I've, I've enjoyed, I've actually enjoyed your opinions and your commentary. So, uh, congratulations. I'm well, sure you mean that. It's been really good. Thank you, my friend. We appreciate that. Um, and you'll be back with David Wildey next week on Monday. Get things underway. Public holiday, first day back at work. That's a bit rough too, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sometimes you lose the toss. You've got to kick against the wind occasionally. <laughs> All right, I just want to ask you, uh, we're, we're going to talk about the two Adelaide AFL teams. Um, Port's losses in the practice games over in Perth, do they mean much? Generally speaking, I, um, for, for, you know, your first year of coaching, this, this sounds funny, your first year of coaching, you want to impress and you want to do everything. And so some of those first-year coaches or second-year coaches are still still trying to work out how to win the game. But when you get a bit, I must say, when you get a bit with an experienced group, which Port Adelaide are now, I know they've got a few youngies, but you, you probably try a couple of things that people mightn't even pick up. So the answer to that is, depends on where your club is, at what stage of their development, and you as a coach and a coaching group want to do something about it. So the short answer to that is, Look, it may be, but but it, they may have been trying stuff. And, you know, Lockie Jones in the middle, for instance, that's a try, isn't it? Just to have a look. Yeah, it absolutely is, Malcolm. And uh, thanks for joining us tonight. The, the question I've got, the follow-up question from that is, Port Adelaide's midfield, do you think their young stars are ready? They're, they're obviously coming through in Connor Rosie, Dersma, Horn Francis, but as you talked about Jones, do you think they're all ready to take that next step to be able to compete against the elite midfields in the competition? Yeah, and Dan, you, I mean, you, that that is the you know the, the sixty four dollar question, as we used to say. We we know Rosie is. Have the rest joined him? Probably not quite yet, and it does take time. You, you know, I look at Oliver and Petrarca, probably the best duo going around the competition at the moment for Melbourne. Yep. They've taken four or five years, you know, six years even. You know, that 23, 24, 25, you start to get it. Your body gets used to banging into bigger blokes, as we all know in the midfield now. So it, it does take time. So as as Ollie Wines will still be okay, Travis Boak, you know, he's, we know he's been a great player. But in and out, William Drew, he's still, you know, and there's still, a couple of them are still learning. Dersma, Butter, Butters is a beauty, yes. but he just keeps whacking into blokes and tiring himself out. So that's all learnt behaviour. 
It is, it is. And so follow up from that on the power is, um, do you see their forward line being an issue this year potentially in terms of who's going to keep the goals, how's it going to look, the unknown, the injury factor with a few of them as well? Look, it is. I mean, I reckon we know what we're going to get from Charlie Dixon. He's going to stand on the ball and compete. We know that. Um, We know Marshall's improving. Is he improving enough to take over? And we know that Rioli and Fantasia are fantastic players. Fantasia, can he play some footy? I mean, he's got some smarts and some quicks. and Clever. And Rioli, I mean, those two are probably the key to the big guys, aren't they, really? So it's, it's... Maybe a wait and see on those guys. First of all, how Rioli fits in. And secondly, can Fantasia get on the ground? So having said that, those two have had some injury woes and even Charlie to a certain extent. Do they have the backup to make, keep them competitive in the forward line? Oh, Paul, the short answer to that is no, they don't. You know, someone said a few years ago, and he's back coaching again, oh, one soldier in, you know, one soldier yeah. down, another soldier in. The greatest lot of hogwash you've ever heard in footy. Because <laughs> if they were any good, they would have been in there in the first place. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so a... that's sort of, you know, I mean, I just, I don't get that. You know what I mean? It, you get so much, you've got a draft and a salary cap. You know, you can't have five blokes waiting to come in. I mean, they're lucky if they can, and they're lucky if they contribute. Hopefully they can, but they're not of the ilk of those two that you just met or I mentioned, because otherwise they'd be in there. Absolutely, I couldn't couldn't agree anymore, Malcolm. It's a it's a line that coaches use to try and motivate players, but it definitely uh, players know that that's not the case. And so, one more on Port Adelaide before we move on to the Crows, Jason Horn Francis. How have you seen uh, his couple of games? His start at Port Adelaide, and do you think that some patience is required? Dan, I, um, probably should, I got a phone call today from uh, your. I think maybe a story in the advertiser. If there is, it is. If it's not, you know, we all sometimes say something. I just think he, he I think he's got a wonderful talent. Yep. He's got a, he understands footy. I've actually called him a bit of a rusher. You know, when you try to impress so much, I felt it at North Melbourne and I even felt it in the game support Adelaide. He actually just wants to be, you know, be what he is and he just rushes everything, gives away free kicks and he'll learn. You know, playing football, you've got to have the all-round ability, but a fair bit of it when you get to, you know, like the ability that he's got, it, it's it's between the ears. So I, I just think he just needs to uh, he'll, he'll be coached out of doing that to actually make better decisions and not just try a 1,000%. You know, sometimes you can actually just wait for something to happen and then move. I agree. He doesn't, I think, exactly that. He doesn't have to play like he is the number one draft pick and he has to prove that right now, game one, round one. He's got time. He's still young and it's a great point. I think it's a good lesson to a lot of young kids out there who get taken high in the draft bonds that um, come in and expect to play round one, expect to dominate the competition. Look, you've come from an under-18 competition in most cases. It's going to take a little bit of time, which I think is what Malcolm is spot on with there. What about the Crows in Perth? Had a couple of really good performances. Their fans are, are liking what they're seeing early. The, the forward line looks fantastic with Fogarty and uh, Tex up there. You know what you're going to get from Tex. Did you like the two performances from the Crows in Perth? Well, I did. Uh, and the score, you know, once again, depending on where you are, I mean, Matthew Nix is, you know, still a young coach, I consider. Um, but the scoreboard is 
it's sometimes irrelevant. It's important, but it's irrelevant sometimes. But the thing I liked was, I mean, I, I'm going to, uh, I, I should never say this. There's a young guy who plays at the Crows now, I think is something special. And that's Jake Saligo. If you watch in those two games, just his movements and his ability to set the Adelaide Crows midfield running with some unbelievable handball. I'm a handball person only when it's good. Otherwise, it's too easy to do. He actually made really good decisions with the ball. I, I just couldn't believe that this young fella set his teammates off and around the ground. You know, hopefully, I'm not putting too much pressure on him. Um, but I, I just thought he was good. Peddler's gun, you know, a really good mate of mine, really good footy. You know, he, he loves Peddler, and I do too. So that's two new boys coming into the midfield, you know. And look, the rest of them, you know, Dawson behind the ball is going to be okay. Smith's still going to be okay. And I tell you what, I thought Rory Laird in that game against WA probably played his most composed game of football. I know it's a practice game. And I know the Eagles didn't have Nick Natanui or Jack Darling up forward, which puts a different slant on it. But his delivery was was the best I've seen. I know it's a practice game. And he's already won two best and fairest. So him as a senior player might be with these other two coming in there. Instead of him being the ramming ball all the time, he can actually start to add some class, which we know from halfback he did. Absolutely. It's, uh, you've led into this next question beautifully, Malcolm, and that is that we we had Rory Ladd on and he, he spoke about uh, the midfield dynamic and looking a little bit different this year. And so if he's in there potentially having a Rankin or a Shelley in there with him, maybe a Saligo uh, to go in there as well. Um, you've got Dawson, you've got Berry. So just a different makeup where I think as you touched on the class, but then you've got that speed, you've got that energy, that you've got that youth as well. And so your thoughts on uh, what they're doing with their midfield and running a lot of different uh, players through there. Yeah, and, and, and Dan as you will know, you've got to do it. I mean, it's just, it, I mean, it is, a, you know, it's a tough game and it's physical in the middle. The blokes are six foot three and four now. You know, it's not as though they're five foot eight like they used to be. So, I mean, it is, it, it's it's a really shared position. And I've always felt that anyhow, that if you can share that through the midfield, learn to play half forward or half back as a midfielder. Learn to do that so you can actually contribute to the team. And when it's not your day, someone else can take over from you. So I've always thought that. After losing a few grand finals, I, I decided that was the way the game had to go. And I, and I reckon the last five or ten years, if you think about it, the teams that have won flags have been much more adaptable than others. And that's a bit about personnel and a bit about luck and a bit about drafting good. But the other thing I found interesting was that McAdam went in the middle for a while. He looked half okay there too. He did, which is uh, it's interesting just listening to you talk about those points and uh, the other point I want to, a question I want to ask is around offense and around, do you think that teams are going to have a greater emphasis on it? We've seen Geelong win the premiership last year off the back of the best offense, Melbourne the year before off, off the back of a team that can kick uh, eight or 10 goals in a quarter, which they did in the grand final. Your thoughts on the offense to defense balance. Mate, I'm sorry. I, anyone that knows me knows where I've been in, in that regard <laughs> is that, I, look, I'll give you the stats now. It used to be 15 goals you had to kick in the grand final to win it in the last, in the AFL era, in the last 10 years. 15 goals, right? So if you're not doing that throughout the year, I don't know how you can do it grand final day. I, I just don't get it. Anyhow, with what happened last year with Geelong smashing, I think it's gone up a goal. So the answer is 16 goals. If you're not working to kick 16 goals, just 
I've always said defense is important as an essential. But if you're not trying to move the ball quickly, and Dan, you would know this more than anyone. If you get in the forward line one-on-one, I don't care. Forget team defense. If you get it in there one-on-one as a team and as an individual, you've got a chance. When you have to fight five blokes or six opposition, it's stupid. I think the game, there's been a few coaches like you know, Hardwick, maybe Simon Goodwin, and maybe Chris Scott has learned that, hey, if we get in there quickly, give a bloke a 50% chance, they're probably going to get their share. It's a really good point, and I think uh, Crows fans will love hearing that. With that forward line that they have this year, if they can get the ball in there, they'll be able to kick a score. Without a doubt. And so on that note, uh, Malcolm, let's get to some predictions. So, Bonds, if you want to okay. lead us off and yep. see what Malcolm has for us for so, this upcoming, upcoming AFL season. Now, Blighty, we know you probably do these on Monday as well, but we're going to get in first and uh, get your predictions for this season AFL-wise. Who are the premiers in 2023? Now, I think the, uh, the Grungorn combination is turning back the clock. We all used to have two Ruckman and hopefully they can play in the forward pocket or back pocket and all that sort of stuff. So I think Melbourne, with a little bit of a down year last year, have had a reset. Now, I've got a feeling they're going to be fairly hungry. So Melbourne, for me, for Premiers. Who plays them in the grand final, Malcolm? Oh, there's no doubt. Brisbane have got to play in a grand final with this group. You know, getting Gunston and Dunkley. Like, can I just... How, how can you get another best and fairest? When they recruited Lockie Neal three or four years ago, I said, how do they get a best and fairest out of Fremantle to come and play in Brisbane? Well, guess what? They've done it again with Dunkley, best and fairest at the Bulldogs. If they, They'd be the most disappointing club in the last five years if they can't make it to a grand final this year. They had a couple of chances. There was even a grand final, and finals played in Queensland, and they didn't make it. They are absolutely due. Not to mention the number one pick. Uh, Wooden Spoon, who's going yep. to finish on the bottom of the ladder? I think uh, Sam Mitchell and Hawthorne have absolutely decided, you know, emptying out the cupboard. All that happened before them in those great eras and just said, let's go and get 12 or 15 picks in the top 30 in the next three years. What happens from here? The club are backing in by the look of it. So the Hawks are probably going to be in the worst spot they've been in a few years. But they've been there before, you know, and they bounce back pretty quick. I'm disappointed in that, so men's can ask you the next question. I will take the next questions, Malcolm, because of, we've got very similar answers so far, so I'm interested to see now where it changes. So the Coleman medalist this year, who do you see winning the Coleman? Yeah, I think Charlie can go back-to-back. Back. I mean, you know, he's had his injury, Charlie Kuno, that is. He won it last year with 60-odd. I, th- I mean, he, he's a star. I mean, he's got some ability. And if they keep kicking the ball forward, whether Carlton make the finals or not, they're going to be knocking on the door. So he's going to get enough chances. Who wins the Rising Star Award? Oh, Will Ashcroft. I actually worked with uh, Marcus, his dad, on the Gold Coast and obviously saw him playing those, all those great premiership sides at Brisbane. When he was, oh, I reckon, 13 or 14, I watched him with the academy group at the Gold Coast. He was beating the 16s and 17-year-olds on the run and could kick it, mark it, and handball it. He is a star. Yeah, I think uh, 100% of people are going to go with that choice. Uh, the Brownlow medal, this one not so obvious. Yeah, it is to me. Who? There's been a guy I said three years ago would win it, and he ran third. There was a guy I said two years ago would win it, and he did. And there was a guy last year I said he'll probably win it again, and he ran second. Lockie Neal, in a better 
a fractionally better team with the way he plays. I think he's, he's the most gorgeous player of, you know, over the last three years. I think he, he could be back to, you know, win his second easily if uh, Brisbane get up and about. Yeah, okay, interesting. Uh, which team do you have as your biggest improver in 2023? I think, I think the Bulldogs... You know, uh, Luke Beveridge has been an interesting character, hasn't he? But I, I reckon with the forward line, and they play under the Bicky tin lid, that's what a lot of my old mates call it. <laughs> they play, you know, at Docklands with a lid on. And so the tools are always going to be interesting. You know, Lobb's an interesting player. Norton's one of my favourite players. Yep. That was, I picked him out about six or five, six years ago. And you've got Hugo Hagen, who's going to improve. You know, I, I just... Uh, and you've got... English, you can play. I reckon they're going to be interesting to watch. And they've got to pick up a couple more at the back, you know, a couple of older players. So hopefully their back line's been their issue. They've picked up a couple now that might help them. And uh, which team will be your biggest slider? And I I don't mean any disrespect to this, but um, we had a new coach come into the competition last year called Craig McRae. And Collingwood won... 28, no, that's silly, don't say that, Malcolm. It's like <laughs> five, or six or seven, five or six or seven games by a kick and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I remember talking to David Wildey on Sports Day SA, which is going to follow you guys in a few days, is that, you know what's going to happen here? I can write the script of this, and I think I said it publicly on air. I just said, you know, they're probably going to lose a final by a point or two. Guess what? They did. Living on that knife edge is hard. You either go on with it, or you actually then bite it back the other way. A lot of people in the old days used to say, oh, we can win the three or four pointers. There was so much. When you look back over the last four or five minutes of a game of our game, there's so many bounces of the ball, so many strategies, so much skill, so good from players, not so good from players, not so good from coaches, that to keep doing that is a folly. You you can't get on that edge. And I would hate to think that Collingwood lose six games by less than a goal because they will be the biggest down movement you've seen. Malcolm, we'll let you go. Uh, Enjoy the last three days of your holidays and uh, we'll leave the studio nice and clean when you get back here on Monday. Uh, (laughs) Appreciate you uh, spending some time with us. Well done, Paul. Well done, Dan. Good on you guys. A great summer on uh, Sports Day. Fantastic, guys. Good on you. Thanks, Thanks, Malcolm. Malcolm Blight will be back on Monday with David Wildey right here on Sports ASA.